This is a Broad Pods production. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. This is Broad Radio. For you, by you. Broad Radio. Here for more. Hello and welcome to Broad Radio. I'm Jo Stanley and my co-host today is Nellie Thomas. Good morning, Nellie. Oh, good morning, beautiful Jo. Look at that little face. Oh, darling, it's delightful to see you. And I, you're, you're straight from the laundry. I'm impressed. You've put, you've put a load on. I have put a load. When am I not putting a load on? There's three people in my house. There's me and two children. We're in lockdown. We can't go anywhere. Still, 13 towels, mate. 13 towels. I know. It's endless. And the, and the folding. I mean, I just, the piles of folded laundry in the house, and I'm lucky. I've got a husband who helps as well. The two of us, we fold endlessly, put it away. Somehow it gets worn again. Why? Oh, Stop wearing do you clothes. Iron? You don't iron, do you? No, God, no. 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 Like, I hear people ironing, and I'm like, you're ironing? Yeah. What? <laughs> I get like the undies of the little one and just like chuck them in her room because I know they'll be back in the basket in about five seconds. The costume changes of this child. Seriously, I've given up. Yeah. I've given up. Yeah. Anyway, it's lovely to have you in between lo- loads of washing. <laughs> yes, it's lovely to be here. Thank you. Um, listen, we've got an awesome show ahead for you. We are going to be joined by Australia's most successful female Paralympian, Ellie Cole, in just a moment. Amazing. She's, she's straight from a COVID test. I mean, it's that kind of morning. Yeah. <laughs> Weeping, her nose is running. Don't cough, Ellie. Do not cough. That's they won't right. let you out. That's true. We also are going to learn how we can care for our kids during the pandemic when uh, Tracy Adams, CEO of Kids Helpline, joins us. And we're going to be talking about what work, love and health looks like for women post-COVID with Helen McCabe from Women's Network Future Women. So a little bit of housekeeping at the top. We love it when you comment. If you're watching on Facebook,
Facebook and YouTube Live. Do share your thoughts along the way. It's really important to us that we hear what you have to say. Um, this is all about you, essentially. So we really want to know um, your thoughts on the conversation. If you'd like to catch up on any of our past episodes, you can do that via podcast, Broad Radio On The Go, available wherever you get your podcasts. And we also invite you to tell us what you think with our one question survey that we run every week. Um, and at the moment, actually, here's our question for this week. It's a pretty pertinent one. What do you do? What's something enjoyable you do to get you by? We've got reading books. You've got uh, using your hands like crochet. Hells no. Um, what about talking to your friends, cooking? Um, I, I'm disappointed. Ro, Ro, who's our lovely producer over there, we created, well, she wrote this one this week and she hasn't written in there crying in the corner. Yeah, Ro, why didn't you put crying in the corner? Weeping in horror at life, <laughs> gestures everywhere. <laughs> I mean, weeping helps, don't you think, Nelly? Ro, I mean, Ro, you're a bit up yourself with that list. I've got to, like, where is the bumming a smoke off the posty? Where is the drinking at noon? Yeah, you know, a bottle of gin. <laughs> yes, bottle of gin, there's that. Or hiding in the car. I find myself, I'll just go and sit in the car away from the world. I'm just like, I actually got excited the other day about taking the kids to Red Rooster. I'm like, I'll get to talk to someone when I'm ordering. Maybe when I get to the counter, they'll have the order wrong. We'll have another conversation. We're out of the house. Mm. This shit is real. Yeah, you've got to find the joy. This was my meditation this morning. Actually, Nelly, I wrote it down because I do meditate every day. And this was a wise person in my meditation said, we have the power to create moments of joy and peace within ourselves, right? It's a good it's a good thing to remind ourselves of. Sure. Um, I'm going to take issue with that in a moment, but continue. All right, well, Okay, we'll go, we'll go down that rabbit hole. <laughs> but let me tell you the thing that's been giving me joy over the last 24 hours is the photo of Megan Fox at the VMAs because <laughs> oh. I, think, I think to myself, you know what, she's just so unhappy. Look at what she's wearing. She's regretting that decision. She hasn't dried her hair. And every time I go, oh, God, I'm so overwhelmed and exhausted by this life, yeah. I look at that and go, well, I, I, at least I'm not that. Right now. You think I'm, I'm not in a major magazine in my undies? <laughs> no. You know, like looking like I just sucked on a sour lemon. Like I hope that that's her like photo face because maybe that's a photo face that she thinks is hot and she's actually really happy. But yeah, girlfriend doesn't look like she's enjoying herself, does she? No, she doesn't look. She, she oh, doesn't look yeah. like she's a fun time at all. So, all right, you want to take issue with my meditation? We have the power to create moments of joy and peace within ourselves. No, I think we can try and find joy, but I'm also, and I know you also subscribe to this, I'm just sick of being resilient. Okay. Like I'm sick of being freaking resilient. And if, you know, Marie Kondo was here asking me to bloody spark joy with my 13 towels, like mm -hmm. I think I would just cry and cry and cry. Like I, there is a place at the moment, I think, for just going, no, nah, I actually can't find it. It'll yep. come back, like I'll find some joy later in the afternoon or maybe tomorrow or maybe in a month or whatever it is. But I think there can be a certain psychological pressure and kind of, is everyone finding joy except me? 
Yeah, I don't, I don't want to imply that I'm always like I I I think that toxic positivity is a thing. Actually, Ro mentioned this this morning. We were talking yeah. about. I, I think that there's a culture out there that if you're not happy, 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 positive all the time, then obviously yeah. there's something wrong with you, right? I I don't yeah. subscribe yeah. to that. I don't yes. subscribe to that at all. What I yeah. do subscribe to is sitting with your feelings. You sit yeah. with your feelings and if that means sitting and looking out a window, in fact, I did that for 12 months when I lost my last job. I just sat and looked out the window for looked 12 months because that's all I could do is sit with that feeling, right? So I you really believe what? in that. And you're good at sitting with feelings and I know you wouldn't do this but I'll do it. Like when we did our sound check this morning, I burst into tears and Joe just, she just sits with feelings. Like you're good at that. I'm like a little raging toddler going, no, no. <laughs> No, thank you. Like I'm a women's health ambassador and I rage against meditation. Meditation makes me angry. Well, that's you know fair. I mean? <laughs> but, that, but, but that's a feeling and that's a, that's a totally valid feeling. Oh, thank you. Thank you, Mum. <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. What do you, if you were with me, I would give you a hug. Unfortunately, oh, that's the no. other thing, this stupid virtual connection oh, with no. people. It's bullshit. I'm sick of it. I don't want to do it anymore. I I hate it. I can't even. I'm going to tell you where I have what sparked joy for me this week, though. Yes. The Survivor finale, among other things. Yes. Oh, because I I mean, I'm broad radio fans and I'm a massive Survivor fan. Seen every episode from every country literally ever. And I think this was one of the best seasons of Survivor I've ever seen. And I could not have hoped for a more worthy final two. Mm-hmm. Like I just loved it. That final challenge was some like waterboarding Guantanamo torture shit. It felt very but medieval, didn't it? Woo! <laughs> the juice was good. Yes. So for people who wouldn't have watched Survivor, I I did. Yeah. Um, but yeah. the two worthy winners were actually um, just really clever at playing the Survivor game. So you kind of had to understand what the game is to really even follow what they were yes. doing. But I loved that Haley won because she was yeah. so physically strong as well. And not and in so a... And, sorry, say again. And so bright. And I think oh, yeah. one of the things that I loved about it, especially watching with the kids, is like... This sort of idea, you know, in the schoolyard, the physically strong, the socially strong triumph. In Survivor, that's not always the case. I mean, Haley was a good, well-rounded package who was one who was the ultimate winner. But George, the other person, didn't have great social skills, was certainly not physically strong, but was very bright. And for anyone who struggled at school, I feel like there there's an element of he beat those big boys. And girls mm. beat them fair and square, and a little bit of a, you know what I mean? <laughs> sure, there's plenty of, plenty of that, plenty of Mate, that revenge. I was into it. I yeah. was into it. It was super, super awesome. Um, and uh, something we're all just looking for release at the moment, aren't we? Exactly. Yeah. I mean, I'm like, already we're getting lots of people on on uh, Facebook actually agreeing with you in many ways today, Nelly. Firstly, Vella says meditation makes her angry as well. <laughs> Oh, thank you. I feel terrible saying it, but it's true. That's okay. And Anita is saying she just found her KonMari list and thought she might give it a go. God bless you, Anita, if you're going to go there today. (laughs) Why not? You know what? It does give you, I think doing a clear out, like if you clear out your linen cupboard or something, gives you an ultimately false but satisfying sense of control. Yeah. Oh, God. Go for it. Clean your junk how long does it stay looking nice, though, your linen cupboard? Oh, like, half an hour. That's it. 
What else have you got to do, Joe? You can't go anywhere. You can't do anything. You can't see anyone. It's true. Um, you, you've very quickly though. You've gone from uh, Survivor onto SAS. Yeah. Okay. Now I do want to get to our guest soonish, but do tell us about yeah. SAS because it's been everywhere. This new yeah. reality TV show. Well, the latest yeah. season, I should say. Yeah, look at them in their camo. So basically they get a bunch or a mix of people, sports people, sort of minor celebs, occasionally major celebs, and they apparently put them through a special forces, like real course. I'm mixed because I do, I actually really enjoy it, but probably for all the reasons that I shouldn't. Like it's kind of satisfying to see someone you don't like yelled at. <laughs> and then on the other side, there's part of me kind of going, oh, this is bullying. I shouldn't be watching this. This is humiliating. Um, and I'm particularly concerned uh, that they have Sam Burgess on, a very controversial inclusion, as of course often happens in mm -hmm. reality TV. But this is a guy who has got multiple allegations of family violence, sexual harassment, a range of things. I think he's an NRL player. Um, they sort of talked to him about it last night, but they did a bit of the, oh, your career finished and then you spiralled and you started taking coke and you drank too much. And again, as a family violence prevention ambassador, I'm sitting there going, women take cocaine, women drunk drive, women drink too much, women lose their careers they don't end up generally with AVOs against them, mm. right? This is not the discussion. Like you're not going to reform him. A couple of soldiers are not going to reform this dude. So I'm very concerned about that inclusion. But if I can put that to the side, I will still watch. Oh, you'll so, definitely watch. I, I mean, you've almost no. made me watch just because you told me that someone was in their undies in their G-string running. Who was that? Oh, bless her. So Yana Pittman is one of the other potentially um, controversial inclusions. I'm guessing she didn't know that they were going to be asked to strip down. I mean, they weren't. I don't think they were asked to strip down for no reason. Like it was to get changed, but they did have to run some like 100 metres and then you just see this little bottom <laughs> going, Yana, you wore a G-string to an SAS training camp. Oh, what poor were you Yana. Thinking? Oh, poor that, that is a shame. Um, anyway, look, uh, you can tune in to that sort of TV. And at the moment, it's kind of what we're turning to because the Paralympics yeah. ended. I mean, the yes. Olympics and the Paralympics were the things that were keeping us going over the last recent lockdown. And we got the benefit of seeing real athletes doing incredible right. things. Um, and more so, wholesome. Yeah. Oh, more wholesome. Not a G-string that inside. <laughs> not, not what we saw. <laughs> anyway. I didn't mean the G. I meant the yelling. Oh, the yelling. The okay. Yeah. No, I mean, wasn't that amazing? Though? You're right, actually, Nelly. that the... God, the energy and the love amongst Beautiful. all of the people, both yeah. the Paralympics and the Olympics. It was the most supportive yeah. TV you've ever seen in your life. So let's yeah. actually talk to someone who's actually achieved physical feats of greatness. She's yeah. our most decorated female Paralympian. Ali Cole, good morning. Yay. Hey, girls, how's it going? This is very entertaining to listen to. <laughs> I'm glad. Well, you're in quarantine, so you, I mean, you've probably, your standards are fairly low. <laughs> My standards are low. I actually put clothes on this morning, so that was a good start to the day. But um, I'm actually enjoying just a bit of quiet time. Uh, you know, we've been training for the Paralympics for five years and 
I've been waking up at four o'clock every morning, which you two are probably used to um, for five years. So it's nice to be able to sleep in until 8.30 or nine o'clock and just roll out of bed when I feel like it. I'm pretty much on holiday here. Amazing. Amazing. I'm so sorry that we've um, led into that I have led an introduction to a world famous Olympian by talking about some dickhead <laughs> on SAS. Like I could not apologize more profusely. <laughs> you did spark joy. Oh, how much joy did you spark? Do you realize, girl, how much joy well, you brought us for? I do have a small sense of understanding because I was in a similar predicament to, to most of the country when the Olympics were on. I was still in Australia um, watching a lot of my friends over in Tokyo at the Olympics, training for the Paralympics still. And you're right, you know, having the games on our television sets during a pandemic was, um, it did spark a lot of joy. But when you know a lot of the Olympic athletes on a more personal level, it was a pretty emotional two weeks for me. Um, so I kind of had to pull myself together and get myself ready to go over there myself for the Paralympics. But um, I've heard I was I could hear all the way from Tokyo about how well the Paralympics were being received by Australia. And I'm just really happy that people are finally beginning to understand, you know, the message that the Paralympics can send and why I love the Paralympics so much. What, what is that message in your words? That the Paralympics can well you know a lot of people see the Olympics as the greatest athletes in the world and the Paralympics is very similar you know we have athletes that are training for their entire lives to represent Australia but the one thing that I really do love about the Paralympics is that the backstory behind a lot of the athletes um, you know anytime mm. I'm doing any kind of media they're more interested in the life lessons that I've learned whilst having a disability. And then the sport bit kind of comes on the end there. And I've always wanted people to see Olympic athletes as people too. Um, and mm. so I think, you know, the Paralympic movement is also slowly starting to change how people perceive our Olympic athletes. And mm. I find, well, I found in Tokyo that um, our public had a, a lot more grace than usual when it came to our Olympic performances. Um, it's usually, you know, if you don't win gold, you get death threats, uh, countless, countless death threats. But people are finally starting to see the athletes as people as well and um, really great ambassadors for Australia. And it's just incredible. You know, the athletes that I had the honour of spending my time with in Tokyo um, were incredible people and by large quantities. You know, there were 179 of us. It's, mm. it's honestly the most incredible experience being surrounded by so many people that have had so many near-death experiences or been told time and time again that they won't live a fulfilled life and they've overcome yeah. those challenges and they've represented their country and just do what we love to do and find a passion and just, and just run with it. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. 
In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Ellie, can I ask you a, a slightly hairy question? I'll be I'm fascinated to see your response. There's no wrong answer, as they say. Um, but one of, like, Stella Young, the dearly departed Stella Young, was one of my best friends. And when she went to cover the London Paralympics, her and I had a long discussion about whether or not the Olympics and Paralympics should be merged. And I'm interested to see whether you think it should be one big athletic event or whether it's better off having them separated and understood that they're different events. Yeah, it's certainly something that a lot of the uh, athletes, Olympic and Paralympic, have considered before. Um, but, you know, whenever the athletes are, are speaking about this around, you know, the dinner table, the conversation always goes to that the Paralympic swimming event anyway is 10 days and the Olympic swimming events are eight days and nobody wants to sit through 18 days of racing. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I prefer to keep the Olympics and the Paralympics separate. Um, we do have opportunities at other times, such as the Commonwealth Games, to bring our teams together. But I just really enjoy like what the Paralympic movement represents and I really enjoy what the Olympic movement represents and I feel like they have... Um, you know, different things to offer. And like I said before, nobody wants to sit through 18 days of racing. It's it's already exhausting as it is. I don't know. I would sit that. Yeah, yeah, I would definitely sit through that. I mean, I would love to see like an Olympics and Paralympics event where maybe there's a handicap. So say I start three or four seconds yeah. behind Kate Campbell and she has to try and mow me right. down. Exactly. This is what and can I ask, sorry, Joe, but I'm just getting worked up. Can I, I ask it. you one question, Ellie? And it is, it's a difficult one as well. And I, full disclosure, I have an autistic child. So I have a child with an uh, invisible disability. And watching the Paralympics, you know, we were having discussions about will autistic people be included or people with invisible disabilities that aren't or non-physical disabilities? Like, do you have a thought on that? Do you sit around the dinner table discussing that with your with your colleagues yeah there, there are a lot of um, disabilities that are invisible that are in the Paralympics you know for example in my classification that I race in um, we have plenty of, of people who are suffering from multiple sclerosis and from one day to the next their condition might deteriorate or improve so it can be um, quite difficult in terms of um, autism, you know, I'm not too sure where that could go and how it would get categorised, but I am open to anybody who has any invisible difference or struggles in any way. Um, only in the last, I think, five or six years uh, have we had an intellectual impairment category. So people who have an IQ, I believe, lower than 60 um, are able to compete at the Paralympics now. Um, just because of the challenges that they face in their day-to-day training environment. Um, you know, somebody with an intellectual disability, for example, might really struggle at training to understand stroke rate or know how to pace. And when you watch a 200-metre freestyle of athletes with an intellectual impairment, instead of pacing the 200 metres, like start off slower and build, build over the 200, 
they'll just go as fast as they can from the yeah. beginning and it's whoever can hold on for dear life um it's quite remarkable and you know that's one of the greatest things about the paralympics is just to see um you know how people maybe compete a bit differently than than what right. would be considered yeah and that's it's, the inclusion you know mm. that sort of part of the disability community that you know people with invisible disabilities are welcome in the community generally and not just in the Paralympics. Yeah, I, do, I think it's a it's a fascinating area. I think I think one of the greatest things that the Paralympics has to offer, even just outside of sport, is that you know every four years it's it's the center of attention in terms of like global interest. And so, if anything, it's a really great platform for people just to start having conversations about these things. Um, and so, you know, the, the effects are remarkable. Everybody has been speaking about disability for the last three weeks and disability is never really at the forefront of conversations. Um, and so for me, it's wonderful to see just the change that can happen just by having a conversation. Well, I mean, we saw it, we saw it when uh, the Australian government announced that Paralympians were going to be rewarded the same monetary amount as the Olympians. And that was like a very simple ticker box that just highlighted the disparity between people with disabilities and people without disabilities. It just, even that one little thing got a conversation going that I think was really mm -hmm. profound and really important about equality, right? That's the thing. I always grew up, being a Paralympian, I've been, I've been a Paralympian since I was 16 years old and I'm nearly 30 now. And I always had this sense that our public never really cared about our Paralympic athletes that were a little bit of a sideshow. But um, seeing the public outrage that brewed when people realised that we weren't being paid equally, it made me realise that it's not that people don't care, it's that people don't understand. You know, nobody knew about this pay discrepancy. And so therefore nobody was fighting for us because they just weren't people aware. Yeah, I, I was, know. And I, just, yeah. I assumed as an athlete that everybody knew this yeah. information because I live in my little athlete bubble. Mm -hmm. And so to be able to have the Paralympics, you know, broadcast on mainstream television, to be able to have this conversation about equality in terms of payment and, and all other areas, um, mm -hmm. I just assumed that nobody ever really cared. But that's not the case at all. Um, you know, people, especially Australians, they love to step up for an underdog. And at the moment, mm. people with disabilities in Australia, they just aren't being treated the way that they deserve. Um, you know, life is already hard enough with a disability, let alone not being recognised by the government like we should be. And yeah. so to be able to have this conversation over the Paralympic Games, I think that's why I, I was so emotional when Scott Morrison stood up and said to our entire country that he sees us as equals because... Mm. For 30 years, I have never been told that by our government before. And it's it's just, it was one of the most historic days, I think, for athletes with a disability that we have had in this country so far. Well, Ali, um, shame on us that it took us that long and that we had to be dragged there kicking and screaming. But can I also say one thing I've noticed, a big shift this Paralympics compared to even the last one and the one before and I mean no disrespect to this man because I think he's absolutely golden, but most people probably would have just gone, oh, I know Kurt Fernley, mm. you know what I mean, like, or I know Dylan Alcott, you know, they're probably the only Paralympians or, Olympi or you know, athletes with a disability that I could name. I think now that's changed. 
Like I, I think a lot more people engage with the Paralympics this time and they know who Ellie Cole is and they could name two or three at least other Paralympians. Do you feel that as well? Yeah, I do. And I think that people really embraced our Paralympic athletes for the first time. Like I said, not just for being great athletes, but for being wonderful people as well. And the reason why I'm smiling is because um, I was speaking to Channel 7 last week and I said that one of my favourite moments from the Games had nothing to do with performance. It was just Todd Hodgetts ripping his T-shirt off and screaming down the camera, you know, this is what it's all about. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes, it really is. You know, I feel like our Paralympic athletes, they haven't yet been so commercialized and aren't necessarily told exactly what to say, exactly what to do, exactly how to behave. They, they just embrace exactly mm. who they are. And Australia were loving it. I was loving it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So in the combat, sorry, Joe, you go. Oh, I just, I really, because we have other guests waiting. I'm so yeah. sorry, Ellie. Um, I want to bring up We The 15, which is this incredible worldwide movement that really kind of was a, a part of the Paralympics, but is then going on to um, share the the message that people with disabilities are 15% of the global population. Can you tell us about what that campaign aims to do and how we can all get involved? Sure. So We The 15 is a very exciting campaign. You know, I, I guess it's um, it's aiming to accelerate what the Paralympic movement has been working on for such a long time. So people need to understand that in our world at the moment, we have one billion people that live with a disability. So that's one billion people. Yet, like I, I mentioned before, these people aren't being treated the way they should be, aren't being recognised the way they should be. In fact, out of that 1 billion people, 85% of them live in poverty. So this is something that we really need to change. So We The 15 is a campaign. It, it will span for a decade and it's bringing together the biggest coalition that we have ever seen before of international organisations. Um, and they're from all, all different sectors of life. So you've got sports, you've got human rights, um, you've got policy, business, arts, entertainment, Everybody is working together to change these statistics around people with a disability. And so, as I mentioned before, this campaign is going to span for an entire decade. And its aim is to uh, raise awareness of people with disabilities, not just in sport by the Paralympics, but in other areas. Um, it's aiming to change attitudes that people have. You know, there's still such a strong stigma around disability. So we're aiming to break down those systemic barriers that we've seen um and it's going to uh by i guess creating those conversations create a lot more opportunities for people that have a disability so like i mentioned before the paralympics is such a great platform to create conversation we the 15 aims to do that every single day of the year over the next 10 years and as i mentioned before bringing together so many international organizations so it's basically just bringing that disability conversation to the forefront as I mentioned before, I'm very excited by this campaign. It's amazing. It's amazing because, you know, you shouldn't have to be an elite athlete to get a job, hmm. you know, like it's not everyone's going to be you um, with a I disability. I know. I understand that. And it's amazing. In a way, I feel, I feel really great for being a Paralympian and inspiring so many Australians. But at the same time, I never want somebody with a disability to compare themselves to a Paralympian and say, I'm, I can't be successful unless I'm a Paralympic athlete. 
And so, you know, that's why we, the 15 and all of these international organizations from all different walks of life are coming together because we want to lift everybody that has a disability up, not just athletes. Yeah. And so I, you know, I'm really excited by the opportunities that this campaign is going to create, you know, reducing the number of people that live in poverty, um, increasing the amount of people with disabilities in the workforce and going to school and education and the employment market. Like there is, it's just, it's going to be incredible. Um, but we need as many people to get on board as we can. And yeah, you don't need to have a disability. You don't need to have a disability to help out. I just so are you intimidated? I'm like, oh, like oh, medalist <laughs> plus changing the world plus articulate <laughs> plus like I think I've had enough now. Yeah, and well, you know what though? <laughs> even just even just giving me an opportunity to be able to speak about this, we the fifteen, you two are already changing the world. Well, but see, Ali, what I love about it is that it is a 10-year campaign, that it's that very simple hashtag, we the 15, and I can see this taking off and becoming as on the tip of the tongue as the hashtag Me Too movement. That's the kind of change yes. that needs to happen yes. and that can, ha can happen from this very simple and very powerful campaign that we can all get on, on top of. It's totally a movement, great. right? It's a movement. A global We're movement. Doing yeah. My kind of movement. <laughs> yeah, I love it. Well, as you're, yeah, you're an incredible athlete. I'm the sort of person that my kind of movement is going from the couch to the fridge. So yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> this well, is the yeah. movement that I can get on top of. So please check out hashtag we the 15. There's some amazing resources there so that you can get involved. Ali Cole, it's been just a great honour to have you on Broad Radio because you are an absolute superstar. And all girl. the best with whatever you go on to now because I know yeah. that you are retiring from... Uh, professional athlete, but I'm sure you'll do another. I'm seeing media thing. career. I don't know about you, Joe, but I'm seeing media career. That's yeah. what I'm seeing. Like, yeah, well, yeah you're amazing. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much for having me on. Well, I better go and wash my own towels. Yeah. <laughs> All, right. All right. You get back to the laundry. We've got to get to our next guest. She'll be joining us after this. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, Drew Scott here, and I'm Jonathan Scott, reminding you that life's better with a home policy from American Family Insurance. They can help you get just the right protection at just the right price and help you save when you bundle home and auto. Kind of like Goldilocks and the Three Bears. It'll be just right for you. We love a custom build. American Family Insurance. Insure carefully. Dream fearlessly. Get a quote and find an agent at AmFam.com. Products not available in every state. Visit AmFam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin.